Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of The Field from KAWC. I'm Lisa Sturgis. A big week in Arizona politics as we certified an election and welcomed president. There is no better proof of how important this facility will be than by President Biden's visit today. That was Governor Doug Ducey, and we'll have more on President Joe Biden's visit in just a moment. Then, conversations with two names almost synonymous with Yuma politics. Local Republican Party Chair Russ Jones and Yuma County Supervisor Lynn Pancrazy look back on their time in the legislature, reflect on the last election, and look ahead to what could come next. But first, this week's top political headlines. Arizona held its official election canvas Monday morning despite the trials and tribulations associated with a lone holdout county. In the end, Cochise County relented in the face of a lawsuit and the ceremony making the election official was held with Governor Doug Ducey, Attorney General Mark Burnovich, and Chief Justice Robert Brutonell of the state Supreme Court in attendance. Governor-elect Katie Hobbs presided over the proceedings despite calls for her to recuse herself. The completion of the canvas opens the window for challenges to the election results. The window closes Friday, December 9th, and as of late Thursday afternoon, no lawsuits had been filed. The canvas also triggered the automatic recounts in the Secretary of State and Superintendent of Public Instruction races. Democrat Chris Mays leads Republican Abe Homiday by just 510 votes. Republican Tom Horn leads incumbent Democrat Kathy Hoffman by fewer than 10,000. Yuma County election workers began retabulating all the local ballots related to those races Tuesday morning. The results will be made official on December 22nd. Also this week, President Joe Biden made his first visit to the state of Arizona since his own election back in 2020. President Biden was in Phoenix to help commemorate a major milestone for a new microchip manufacturing plant that represents the largest foreign investment in the state in its history. Governor-elect Katie Hobbs was on hand for the ceremony. She tells the field the plant signals a new phase in the state's economy and shows the benefits of cooperation. And really, it was bipartisan. I mean, the, the, the president and the governor walked out together, and that was great to see. Um, I think when we focus on the things that matter to Arizonans, creating jobs, bringing manufacturing back to the United States, and, and benefiting all Arizonans, we, we can work together. And, and this was a great example of that. The Taiwanese Semiconductor Manufacturing Company's initial facility will employ more than 2,000 people. It announced during the ceremony it's now planning an expansion which will generate additional jobs. You can hear more of my conversation with the governor-elect on next week's program. Also this week, the governor-elect announced she's assembled her transition team and they've begun the business of recruiting candidates to run her administration. Yuma County Supervisor Lynn Pangrazzi has joined that team. We'll hear from her a little later about her role. Secretary of State-elect Adrian Fontes has also put together his transition team. Fontes plans to travel the state to meet with county recorders and election officials to learn more about what they need from his office.
You are listening to The Field from KAWC. I'm Lisa Sturgis. Russ Jones spent years representing Yuma County in the Arizona House of Representatives. Jones now lends his political expertise to the local Republican Party as its chairman. Jones has seen his shares of campaign elections and attitudes over the years. We sat down to discuss some of his recollections, talk about the rise in partisan acrimony, and to hear some predictions about the upcoming legislative session. We've just come out of a rather Let's let's call it an interesting election cycle. Certainly, um, no lack of drama. Your name is almost synonymous with Yuma politics. So I just wanted to kind of get some perspective. Think about this election compared to maybe your first, the first time you ran for office. Yuma County was a complete legislative district in and of itself. So you ran in Yuma County. And when I ran at the time, the... Um, uh, the Democrats had about a seven, well, close to an eight-point um, uh, advantage in, in uh, voter registration. So as a result, we generally split the tickets. You know, so it was me and, me and Amanda Geary and Bob, Dr. Bob Cannell, uh, both of them being Democrats and I, the sole Republican. And uh, But it was very amicable. I mean, we had our obviously our, our policy differences and the way – uh, we uh, conducted the campaign. Uh, we'd actually even drive to um, events around our around our district, which included all of Yuma County and part of uh, uh, La Paz up through Parker was the was the legislative district. And uh, so it, it was a different time. Uh, the uh, uh, the acrimony, the divisiveness, the I'm not saying it's Democrats. It's it's from both sides. Uh, and um, and so we're we are so divided and became so much more. So I watched that progress during my time in the legislature. For at, at first, we we would do uh, we would work a more cooperative with uh, across the aisle to work on on bread and butter issues for the state. Um, but then there were things that, and particularly having to do with the budget, where we where we differed on. On spending and taxation, which was kind of the fundamental differences, and that's where it resided. But then, over a time, it became more and more polarized. And um, even within our uh, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, and uh, around certain issues that were kind of litmus tests for both, uh, but for both uh, factions, both both political parties, that for, I think uh, just kind of continued to further divide us, uh, even though I think t- even today, though, the majority of the bills that um, uh, that pass in the state legislature are bipartisan. Well, I mean, we did see the budget. The budget, yeah. the budget yeah. was probably the most thing, most bipartisan thing that had come out of the legislature mm-hmm. this session. Well, when I was when I was in um, uh, Janet Napolitano was was governor, and we had a strong majority in the House and in the Senate, in the state for the by the Republicans. So uh, uh, it was you had to negotiate. Uh, she vetoed two of our budget bills, and uh, and and so it created a situation where we needed to compromise, and we did. Um, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm still not happy with some of the compromises. I uh, because of when uh, when uh, Governor Brewer came in and the Great Recession hit, uh, uh, we suddenly found our state two billion dollars upside down, 
And when you're dealing with a $6 billion budget, that, that's an enormous uh, 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 mountain to climb and, and solve, but uh, it was eventually done. But uh, through the one cent sales tax that we in, uh, enacted for two years, and and that was very divisive uh, amongst the uh, uh, the members, uh, you know, between the Democrats and the Republicans, uh, and then even within the Republican Party. So, uh, um, but still, it's it's a different time, and I'm, I'm I think back on that time, and I wonder to some extent this current situation where we have. Uh, you, said, you know, of course, we had compromise on the budget, but that's because we had, uh, you know, just a one-member uh, majority in the House and same thing in the Senate. And unless so, when that happens, you basically everyone is a caucus unto themselves. When when the difference is so small, if if one member decides, nope, I'm going to follow my sword on this particular pro, pro, you know, issue. You're toast now. You can't, now you can't get a majority together to ensure that the major themes of your budget uh, uh, are stay intact. So you have to start making deals, and that's what happened this uh, last budget uh, cycle. Now this next budget cycle will be more will be somewhat like the Napolitano um, uh, years because uh, you'll have a governor's budget that is from a, a different party than the House and Senate's budget. Um, we'll, so you'll see differences there because of their, uh, not only their political philosophy, but their political agendas that they have. And um, But then it's going to be further complicated by the fact that we still have very slim majorities in the House and Senate. But, you know, to some extent, there's been much talk, the political pundits and such, such talking about how these midterm elections kind of sent a message to candidates and to political parties. I mean, do you feel that at a certain point now people are getting a little tired of the vitriol and the bickering? I, it's not just that, and I agree with you there. I think people are very, very tired of, of that and want everything toned down. They want a more civil society, and that is in a, a civil political society where where yes, you can agree to disagree, but you know, uh, but do so in a civil manner and talk through um, the facts and not make up facts. And so, uh, to you know, to some extent, you know, the um, uh, the social media platforms out there and uh, have become uh, the primary source of news. Unfortunately, you know, and and you probably see this more in your industry where people are not tuning into the news that are prepared and researched by journalists, but rather going to the uh, their uh, social media to get their facts, which are skewed. And so uh, it, uh, it, it's, it's, it continues to be a difficult environment uh, to kind of tone things down. But I think I agree with you. That's what people, people want. You know, the, 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 the polling showed that the biggest issues out there and we had this, everybody was talking about this huge red, red wave. And in some respects, we actually got it um, in Arizona. And, uh, but in other ways, we didn't. And, uh, and so when we, we looked at the major issues, it's, it was the economy, inflation, um, public safety. And like fourth on the list, third or fourth, I think it was, was, uh, was border security. And then, you know, then it goes down from there. And so 
Um, uh, the uh, the abortion was not the huge issue in Arizona that that it might have been, even though that was a very well played um, strategy by Democrats uh, to to uh, secure certain uh, demographics uh, and keep them uh, voting a Democrat. But but by and large, they certainly weren't. Uh, high on the list of this denial uh, that what happened and what happened in the past and uh, and about the uh, election integrity um, even uh, th- those were not high on the general public's list and I think that's a message that got across to a lot of people is that we're going to have to run on real issues and, uh, and 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 on the issues and have solutions for the issues. That are most important to the to the public. So get on the issues that are most important to me, and stop talking about what happened two years ago or what have you. And I and I think that's where we somewhat missed the boat. And uh, and uh, on some of the in some of the races that were run, um, and uh, you know, so yeah, we we, we kept the treasurer, we uh, we kept the uh, uh, the you know superintendent of public education. Uh, the, uh, the um, until they get finished with the recount, we're not going to know about Attorney General. But those other two, uh, those uh, Secretary of State and uh, and the uh, Governor's position, those are those are those are done deals. I mean, there wasn't, uh, you know, there is always going to be some little things go wrong and pockets of fraud. But I think when it's all said and done, um, uh, we'll, we'll, everything was, has been certified. Cochise will eventually get certified, and we'll move on and have to deal with the future and stop focusing on the past and move forward. The legislature is still about the same. In Yuma County, as a matter of fact, um, we picked up another cha- seat. Uh, no one expected Republicans to pick up a seat in District 23. That's right, Michelle Pena. I know, but she what she did is she actually split the vote in Yuma County and picked up out of the other portion outside of Yuma County more votes there. So uh, uh, and people kind of single shotted her as far as the Republicans. I mean, of course, the Republicans in that district had no one else to vote for, so they just voted once, and so uh, so it, the Democratic vote was split and. She's in there, by golly, as a surprise, and very nice young lady, and we're going to all of us kind of help try to help her do it because she comes from very uh, modest means. She's a working lady and, and works in agriculture, and so uh, it's a big step for her, but she's excited about it. Russ Jones, chairman of the Human <laughs> Republican Party, we will be indeed checking back with you. Thanks for staying with The Field from KAWC. I'm Lisa Sturgis. Lynn Pancrazy has blazed a path for women in politics. She was among the first women to represent Yuma County in the state legislature and went on to serve in the state Senate. She remains politically active through her current role as Yuma County Supervisor for District 5. Pan Krause recently spent some time with the field discussing those early days. We also talked about what's changed in recent years and what the future might hold. Lynn, thanks for spending some time with us today. Well, it's nice to be here. Let's talk about the last election because you were elected to the state legislature, I believe, at the same time as our last female Democratic governor. Yes. 
uh, Janet Napolitano in 2007. Yes. Um, along with Amanda Aguirre and Teresa Almer, the three of us were elected together. Uh, first female uh, House and, and uh, Rep House of Representatives and Senator, uh, all female from Yuma County, and Amanda was the first Hispanic um, senator and the first female senator. So yeah, That's... it was it was quite an experience, and uh, I owe a lot to Amanda Gary for taking me under her wing and teaching me um, a great deal, uh, just about getting along and working. Uh, bipartisan on a bipartisan level, you know, um, and never taking anything personally, but because you need to work with everyone. So. Let's talk about the last election and about the po political climate that surrounded it. Arizona is a very independent state. In fact, a third of the people in Arizona are registered as independent. And I can tell you in Yuma, I think everybody is an independent, whether they're a Republican, a Democrat, or registered independent. Because in the past, anyway, people have always voted for the candidate and not the party. And I feel that that is coming, I think that's coming back around. Um, People are doing their research. Um, they're looking at at candidates as, what are you going to do for our state? What are you going to do for our county? What are you going to do for our city? Um, and um, how are you going to help make this a better place to live? And and I think that that's what people are looking at now. They're tired of the hate. They're tired of the I'm never going to work with you. I can't. You're a Democrat. You're evil. You're Republican. You're evil. You know, um, they're they're tired of all that. They but want the result is nothing is getting nothing is getting done. Well, in the past, nothing has been getting done. But I I really see I see that there is going to be a they're going to agree to disagree on issues and 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 do like they used to do when you know. Uh, oh, when Big Bob was in the legislature where they would disagree and then go out to lunch, you know, um, disagree on the floor and then, you know, um, go out to dinner that night or, you know, uh, sit and have coffee the next morning. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I was talking to your former colleague, uh, Russ Jones, just yesterday, um, yeah. And he was talking about how in the quote unquote good old days, y'all were from different parties, but if you needed to go, this was when Yuma County um, extended up into what is now La Paz, y'all would get in the car and drive up there together. I, that's well, a spirit of cooperation. And then you could chat about stuff on the way up. Yeah. We sat next to each other on the floor of the house as well. And uh, he always laughed that his shoulder was never the same after I sat next to him because I'd always punch him when he didn't vote the way I wanted to. But, um, you know, but it, it was just, it, it, you know, we, we agreed on, on issues more than we disagreed on issues. And, um, and when it came to ag and when, it, and I served on the um, ag and water committee with him and he was the chair, 
um, you know, we, we really did, um, we really did work as a team. And, and my, and I felt like my job was to make sure that the rural Democrat, I mean, the, the metropolitan Democrats who didn't know agriculture at all, um, and rural Arizona at all, um, understood our issues, you know, and Russ helped me with that because, you know, I lived in Yuma. I didn't live out on the Mesa or, you know, I didn't have an ag background, but I, I knew ag was the most, one of the most important things in, in, in Yuma County. And in La Paz, La Paz has a lot of agriculture that people, you know, aren't really aware of. So, so yeah, I, we work together a great deal and, uh, and we're still friends. Speaking of your time in the legislature, you actually worked in the legislature with our new governor elect, Katie Hobbs. Tell me oh, a little yes. bit about that. I think people underestimate, first of all, how smart Katie is. And secondly, she comes across very quiet and reserved, but in her head, she has things all organized and planned out and figured out way ahead of when it actually happens. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? She I totally do. Has a plan. She has it all organized. Um, if not on paper, um, in her head, you know, she knows where she wants to go and, and what she wants to do. And I was her vice chair for the Democratic caucus. It really gave me some insight to Katie and, um, and she, she knows her stuff and she is, um, very determined and, uh, very thoughtful, but also, um, extremely smart and she's and and she knows what she's doing and she's also smart enough to get people around her that will advise her well well it's in it's interesting because she does have a strong administration with, with i mean with she there are a couple of like Tom Horn comes back as superintendent of public instruction and Kimberly Yee won re-election but but Adrian Fontes Democrat um yeah, Chris I, Mays Democrat and they're good and they're good people you know it's it's going to be um an interesting four years I'm on the transition team um I was asked to be on the transition team for the department heads and she's asking all the department heads for all the agencies to um, reapply um, if if they want to return, and um, and then she divided the transition team into small subcommittees, and then our job is to find folks who are interested in in being uh, department heads, and and we're and we're doing that. Um, Let's take a little quick look at ahead to what the to the state legislature. We talked a little bit about the past. Do you think we can look forward to a little more business as usual uh, in Phoenix in the next legislative session? 
the leadership in the Senate is going to have to move a little more to the center for us to be able to get things done. I think the leadership in the Senate is pretty, um, how do I, how do I want to put it? Um, they have been known to be very, very conservative, uh, the new leadership in the Senate. So, so we'll just have to see. But if anybody can, if anybody can work with them, it'll be Brian. I mean, he just has a way with people to be able to help them understand and see both points of view. And if that helps, then yes, we will be able to get some stuff done. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be, I think this legislative session and this, these next two years are going to be a lot about compromise and um, a lot about getting things done that, that everybody has to give on a little bit if we're going to get it done. Yuma County Supervisor Lynn Pankrazy, thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Next week on The Field, we catch up with Governor-elect Katie Hobbs. We'll discuss her transition and if she's given any consideration to what will happen with Governor Ducey's shipping container barriers once she gets into office. Plus, Secretary of State-elect Adrian Fontes will be here to talk about his plans after Inauguration Day. And Yuma County Elections Director Tiffany Anderson will join us to take us behind the scenes of the recount. Field is a production of KAWC, Colorado River Public Media. Send your questions or comments to me, lisa.sturgis at kawc.org. Our theme music was composed by Steve Hennig and performed by members of the Yuma Jazz Company. For more information, visit yumajazz.com. Thank you for listening to The Field from KAWC. Remember, you can always hear the show at kawc.org, on the KAWC app, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Lisa Sturgis. I hope you'll be back again next week. Till then, keep yourself informed.